Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Saturdays with Jenny. With Jenny every Saturday from, from 9, 9 to 11 a.m. on Kaya FM 95.9. So here we are, and we've got Professor Jonathan Johnson on the line. And we're talking about a book that he did together with a student, and that is Emily O'Ryan. And it's called Learning Under Lockdown, Voices of South Africa's Children. And as you go through it, it is, I'm not saying it's sweet, it is... It is really, really interesting. They're all 16, 17, 18. And they were all obviously given a task to do. I'm looking at Keely Keely Crocker from KwaZulu-Natal in the fast approaching yet so far seemingly befuddled future. When I'm asked to stand up and tell the story of my supposed best year of high school, I will approach the podium and begin my oration with 2020. The year of self-discipline, self-respect, self-leadership and self-isolation. There are others that are much longer than that, but let's get Professor Jonathan Johnson to tell us the story. Jonathan Johnson, welcome to Cairo FM. Good morning, Jenny. Good to connect again. Have you read a story to your granddaughter yet? Ah, <laughs> yeah. well, uh, not, not quite yet. She's in New Zealand, unfortunately. Oh, no! Yeah, so, uh, you know, my son and his family are there for a couple of years, and and hopefully they'll come back. But uh, I spoke to her this morning, uh, except she spoke to, 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 to us, you know, because she is, as a two-year-old, um, just all over the place. So she started off by singing uh, Twinkle Twinkle, <laughs> then she read from, she had a thick book, you'd be proud of her, she had a thick book, and and reading from the book, uh, her own makeup stories. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so one way or another, your early reading is having an effect, and obviously your family is adding to it. And she will, you know, uh, the New Zealanders are great readers. So, so when an author goes on tour, I'm sure you know this anyway, but mm-hmm. it's always Australia first. Uh, I'm talking about the Southern Hemisphere. Australia first, then it's New Zealand, and then it's, I don't know, somewhere like Tonga or something, and finally South Africa because we're not great readers, but we are getting better. And tell us a little bit about this new book. It's published by CNA. That's unusual, isn't it? It really is, you know, and one of the reasons for CNA is when I approached the traditional publishers for advice, they said, look, if you want to get this book out during the lockdown, um, uh, you know, a a, a printer and a, a publisher like CNA would do it for you in record time, whereas, as you know, the traditional publishers take months, you know, sometimes longer to get it. And I really wanted it to be in the hands of children while they were still in this academic year and ideally still in lockdown so that they could be encouraged on the one hand but also share their stories and make their voices heard at the same time. Well, it, it's it's quite an undertaking because uh, the book is a collection of 400 essays. So uh, did you and Emily, I'm sh- I, I've got a feeling Emily did quite a lot of this work. Um, no, no, Emily did all the work. I'm the pretty face. Okay, all right. I'll never forget that. I will introduce you one day as the man with the prettiest face in the room. <laughs> but Emily, so she had to contact all the schools. She also had to persuade them, which I think is sometimes quite difficult to do. So, so it's a monument monumental job that she's uh, that she's done and uh, to get those essays in also uh, uh, hectic yeah you know I, I went on social media and said you know because i thought i needed to do not just these boring academic books you know but uh, 
to do something for the community directly. And I thought to myself, I'm listening to politicians and bureaucrats and parents and youth trade unions, but we are the voices of the kids in the pandemic, you know? So I thought maybe we'll get a hundred stories slammed together. And so we had 640 submissions sure. from the nine provinces, a few from outside the country. And then Emily and I chose 400 of those, uh, did some basic editing, but kept the voices, uh, you know, as they came in. And she put together a team of people who did amazing. I mean, they literally worked around the clock for two weeks. They took turns sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> and they pulled this, pulled this off. And she, she was, as you'll see, there's a lot of very creative, imaginative ideas around the teams and stuff like that. And that's a lot of Emily's um, brilliant mind and her team. And so we were able to pull it off quickly and and, and, and also cheaply. You, you know the book goes for 99 and you don't buy a book for 99. No, you don't. No. So, so did CNA, um, I mean, they obviously took the print, they bought the paper, they did, they did everything. And there must have been a subsidy here of some kind. No. So what, they, what happened is uh, I brought, uh, you know, three groups together. We produced the actual book. Uh, um, a friend of mine, Rabbi Mara, just got a huge printing press. He said, I'll do it for free. I'll do this for 12, 13 cents. <laughs> so he rolled it off the press, um, uh, off his printing press. Uh, um, and Benjamin Christ, you know, the former owner of exclusives, you know, and CNA, he basically got typesetters and, and, and everybody worked at pace. Everybody worked for literally for nothing, you know. And so whatever... Uh, you know, the book is cheap, but whatever profit we make goes, every cent goes towards a school feeding scheme identified by the children whose books are, uh, the stories of the old books. So we get excited. Well, I, th- I think it's a, a fantastic effort, and I was just looking at some of the some of the writing, and I was looking at it last night. I mean, there's quite a bit from um, the Free State, and uh, and and it, it is a picture, isn't it? And the kids are writing. Uh, excuse me. I mean, the young people are writing, and uh, I'm just looking at Apex High School, uh, Western Cape. This is. Uh, the, uh, I mean, I'm. Yes, Chulamanko Mbulawa, uh, yeah, Mbulawa, uh, was learning under lockdown easy or difficult. The first few weeks were difficult for me. I even forgot that I had to wake up early and do my schoolwork. I was alone most days and sometimes I really struggled to understand the work. But as time went by, I realized no one was going to do it for me. I got to do what I got to do. I love that. Yeah, I mean, this, this, you, you, as you probably saw, the stories of immense sadness, you know, the isolation of kids, the yes. anxiety of the listen to the news and so on. And then there's stories of resilience, stories of, listen, get up. <laughs> this is, this is, this is your, you know, future and so on. So we love the fact that you could have this realness around, you know, struggles of, of young people. But also, uh, there's a section called coping, how I coped here. <laughs> And I tell you, you walk away feeling very hopeful that this generation has a story to tell, not only of suffering, but of uh, inner success. How, how did you come up with the categories? Well, we, we, we read through it at first. So every story, and then I read every single story. And then we had these debates over and over again on Zoom. You know, what are the emergent themes? What, which of those themes can be collapsed into each other? Which need to be unraveled? Which, so, you know, as you're doing qualitative research, I suppose, you know, you look for emerging themes in, in the data. Mm-hmm. 
and and eventually we settled on those themes. And then she had the brilliant idea of arranging the themes in alphabetical order by by word, you know, so you go from A to Z literally to give it that feel, you know, of of, of a children's book and, and, and a learning book and all of that stuff. So and there's a lot of imagination that she Emily brought to this which which I hope makes it a lot more exciting for young people. Well, uh, you know, I do hope people go out and I do hope they buy it because ninety nine Rand is is just a gift. I mean this book has been given to people. And uh, and I think particularly if you've got a child who's in secondary schooling, they are all going to respond to this. And they probably all know about it in any event. And uh, they're common themes in the story. But one of them, uh, I mean, I've just looked at one where, uh, uh, this is from KwaZulu-Natal, uh, I'm all on my own. The teachers are supposed to send us work, but they didn't. So I had to work on my own. And, you know, I just, I just that sense of isolation, which is so dangerous for all of us, um, yeah. I think that they're going to look back and those who were isolated are going to look back on that and um, it's not going to be a good memory. But later on, I suppose, it'll, I mean, it'll fall into place, of course. Eventually, yes. But, the you know, we pay so much attention to the physical health aspects, you know, of the lockdown. And it's relatively little on the mental health. Uh, uh, and the emotional of, of, of people. And so the children brought this out uh, on their own because we didn't tell them what to write about. Mm, mm. We just said, what are your experiences of lockdown? Mm. And so the policy implications of that for me was to write to government leaders and mm. to write to schools. And I would say to principals, listen, mm. when the kids get back in this phased-in approach, please understand you can't just start teaching quadratic equations, you know, mm. Just calm the kids down, mm. reassure them, understand that they, you know, suffered. It's not just business as usual. So I'm hoping that that comes out, you know, for, because a lot of teachers brought this book, a lot of principals brought mm. the book, you know, and I'm hoping that they will understand that you're dealing here with a whole human being, they're not just the brain, mm. you know, and an exam. Well, listen, I think it's a, a fantastic effort. And so my congratulations to Emily. And I hope, you, I hope you bought her, I don't know, flowers or something like that when the book was in your hand. Well, uh, you didn't. You didn't, did you? I, I didn't get the flowers, but I tell you what, uh, she is so proud of the fact that this is her first book that she's put this out, that it's on her CV, that she's proven to herself. I'm, I'm also helping her now write her. Oh, I, I better do a plug for this. She's doing her own book now. I said, I'm not doing another book with you. So her <laughs> own book is she's interviewing a hundred leaders in South Africa on one question, which is, tell us about a mistake you made. <laughs> so, yeah, she's on her own. And the caveat of that is be honest. Absolutely. Yes. Listen, congratulations. Thank you so much for speaking to us. And let me give everyone the details of this book so that they can rush off and they can buy it today. And uh, it'll be prominently displayed, I'm quite sure. Is, is CNA pre presumably is the, the only... It's, it's, okay. Yeah, right. at the front yeah, you'll see the, the book all over the place. Okay, fantastic. Jonathan Jansen, thank you very much indeed. And also, of course, Emily, who I think did, uh, well, we know she did all the work mm. and, uh, and absolutely uh, fantastic effort. So thank you so much. Thanks, Emily.
So Emily Ryan and Jonathan Jansen, and they put together Learning Under Lockdown, Voices of South Africa's Children, and um, and also Stellenbosch University came into it, and uh, and it is published by CNA. So go off, and it's 99 Rand. You won't get anything cheaper than that. Saturdays with Jenny. With Jenny, every Saturday from, from 9 to 11 a.m. On Kaya FM 95.9. Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.